I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and one. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, World Cup Day 2, done and dusted. Three games that were on this morning, we got stuck into all of those. We'll give our quick review of all of those games, the three of them. We obviously had New Zealand getting over the top of Lebanon in a pretty entertaining clash, pretty fiery clash. Uh, Ireland, they knocked over Jamaica in a uh, pretty resounding fashion. And then of course, the early game, we had an upset there with Italy beating Scotland. We'll kick off with the New Zealand game first, that one's probably the most relevant to you guys. Then probably the Italy Scotland one next relevant then we'll finish with uh, Ireland and Jamaica not a heap to probably touch on from that game Uh, obviously a pretty big smashing and a pretty expected smashing there Uh, but New Zealand Lebanon Interesting game. Credit to Lebanon. I mean the score uh, at the end probably obviously leans towards New Zealand but Credit to Lebanon. They really did hang in this game. Uh, I, I thought that they were fantastic. They obviously went uh, off the kickoff. They went the short kickoff, got the ball back, tried to get out there and punch New Zealand in the face, and they certainly did. Josh Mansell crossed for the first try. A pretty scrappy one, to be fair, but he did cross for the first meaty, the source. So great to see uh, a team like Lebanon. I've, I've had a little bit to do, a, a little bit of talking to their like media manager and whatnot. They're really enjoying this camp, and they're putting a lot of effort into what they're doing. Uh, and I think it showed in this game. To go up against the Kiwis, who went and played Leeds, last week and beat them 72-0, who was in a a Super League Grand Final a few weeks ago. Uh, And I think that this team was stronger uh, than the side they put out against Leeds. Pretty fucking impressive from Lebanon. I want you to consider that after 40... Like, it it took them... How long? It took them something like 35 minutes or something. 25 minutes it took New Zealand to actually take the lead. Mansour scored first. We then had Kenny Bromwich. He bounced back uh, with a nice little try a few minutes later. But it was 6-all until the 25th minute when Brandon Smith put Nelson a soft Solomona over the line. So well done to Lebanon to hang in for this long. And then, I mean, in, in about the 47th minute, I think it was, um, the boys, the Lebanon boys came very close to scoring again. Uh, they were very unlucky not, not to score. Josh Mansour, I think it was, down his edge, putting a kick back to the middle. They were very, very close to scoring there. And if they would have scored off that, we would have been at the 50th minute at 18 all. It was uh, it was 18 to 12 at that point to the Kiwis after 45-odd minutes. So credit to Lebanon. I think they did tremendously well in this game. A little bit disappointing from New Zealand, to be perfectly honest. They still won this game, uh, but they 
they did score a lot of points late. It should be known as well that Adam Dwayhe, uh, he got sent off in this game for descent, which is very, very disappointing. You know my stand on all this. Uh, it was pretty disappointing as well to see the way that some of the uh, Lebanon boys, Mitch Moses in particular, sort of carried on a little bit w- with the referees at the end. I know it's frustrating. I get it. Uh, but, I mean, you were never going to change that decision. You challenged it upstairs. It came back negative. What more do you want done realistically? So a little bit disappointing there, especially after Adam he was sent from the field. I know it's frustrating. They were putting up such a good fight and everything, and a few things went against them. I get it, but we have just got to be better than that in our game. Uh, so, I mean, the Kiwis, they really only gave it to them once. Uh, Adam Dewey was sent from the field in the 59th minute. Uh, they scored two more tries after that, converted both of them, which uh, obviously pushed the scoreline out at that point. I think it was 22-12, to 12, and as I said, Lebanon were unlucky not to score another one. So, um, a pretty good contest this one. I really did enjoy this game. For New Zealand, obviously, Joey Manu, he was the best. He is just on another fucking level at the moment. Uh, we spoke about him a little bit earlier today from a super coach sort of perspective. Uh, and, I mean, what he did tonight in this morning, sorry, was just crazy. There's a try. I highly advise you go and have a look at it. He gets into dummy half from about 30 metres out. He chips over the top. Wasn't the greatest chip over the top, but Joey Manu being Joey Manu, the ball just bounces to him. Still had two or three to beat after that. It's crazy because the more I watch the try that he scored and it's incredible, it's great to see, but the more I watch it, I think, you know what? He probably didn't have to chip. He probably didn't have to dummy. He could have just scored that on his own. It is crazy to think how dangerous he is out of dummy half. If you see him get into dummy half anywhere on the field, you know he's going to run and you know he's going to break three or four tackles, if not score a try just about every single time. I was thinking about it today when you think about the Chooks heading into next season, in my opinion, they're going to have the most two dangerous, the, the two most dangerous players in rugby league from dummy half in the red zone from 10 metres out, Brandon Smith and Joey Manu. I think there'll be a number of tries scored this year by either of them where the other one goes the tackle before. And it, it also just creates so much space out wide. When you see either of those two at dummy half from five metres out, you need to commit four or five defenders. And most of the time, that isn't even enough. So then you can swing the ball out wide and they'll be able to find a lot of space there. So scary seeing those two in the same team next year at the Roosters. Uh, there's going to be a lot of dummy half tries scored, and there's going to be a lot of tries that are scored off the back of how many numbers you're forced to put around the ruck against the Roosters, because those two just on another level. Brandon Smith showed us what he could do today as well. He uh, set up a nice little try for Nelson Asopo Solomona where he came out, he dummied, he went one way, he went the other way, it wasn't working. He was five metres out and he was just the strongest guy on the field. Uh, managed to set up a little offload for Nelson Asopo Solomona, who was essentially left unmarked. The poor bastards that had to deal with that. Uh, a big, big ass. Peter Hicko scored from dummy half. Dylan Brown, he backed up an unbelievable run from Joey Manu to score. Uh, then Manu chipped himself. And then Jordan Rapana, he scored in the 60th minute as well. Uh, Credit to Lebanon once again, though. The last try was scored by Jordan Rapana in the 60th minute. Uh, for the last 20 minutes when they were down to 12 men, they didn't concede another try. So, well done to Lebanon. Um, as much as it's a 34-12 to 12 loss, I thought it was a really brave effort by them. And if a couple of things would have gone their way, if Dwayne was still on the field, um, yeah, I mean, obviously a lot of ifs and buts and everything, but I'm really impressed by the performance that they put out. Uh, I love the look of Kiraz at the moment. I love everything about him. There was a moment there when Nelson Asava Solomona put a high shot in a, a, a pretty dog shot as well, to be perfectly honest with you. And I love the way that Kiraz went back at him. Um, I know that people say, oh, yeah, you can't get punched anymore anyway. But uh, brave stuff there by Kiraz. I think he's really starting to own that fullback jersey. He's loving playing there. And I just love everything about him. Before um, Dwayne did get sent off, Cheesy uh, came up with a good play. There was a 40-20, which they then set uh, up the next play for Abbas Miski, the young Manly Seagulls, uh, wing at a score. So Dwayne had a real impact on this game. And it was a moment moment 
where you saw the 40-20 and it was Joey Manu caught a little bit out of position uh, and and Dwayne was able to take advantage of it. So just something a, a little in his game to work on. Uh, Joey Manu is going to have to improve all that sort of stuff if he is going to be a full-time fullback eventually. But that will all come with time. There is no doubt about that. Shout out to Mitchie Moses. I thought he did really, really well for Lebanon too, especially down his short sides as he's been doing in the NRL for the last few years. He was incredible. Handled uh, the ball playing there, being the main ball player especially when uh, Dwayne went off. I thought he did really well. So credit to those boys and credit, credit to the, Le- the Lebanon forward pack. Uh, you will not come up against a harder forward pack than that New Zealand pack. Uh, and they were pretty much full strength there as well. And they really held their own. I thought they were fantastic. So credit to Lebanon, despite not getting a win there. I thought they were very, very impressive. Uh, 47% possession. They, they completed at the exact same as New Zealand did. 75%, which isn't fantastic, uh, but they still completed there. I mean, you look at the stats and everything points to New Zealand having a pretty big win there. Post-contact meters, 601 to 352. Seven line breaks to one. Um, and I mean, they were down a player with 20 or 30 minutes to go Lebanon. So just to hang in this game, incredible. Tackle breaks, 57 to 14 in favour of New Zealand. They only won 34 to 12. Uh, and it, it was very close to being 18 nil, uh, eighteen all after 50 minutes. So uh, well done to Lebanon. Very, very impressive. Hopefully they can take a bit of confidence out of this one. That was the sort of game that could have been 80 nil. Yeah, it had the potential to be a real blowout for New Zealand. They put Joey Manu out there. Obviously, without Jerome Hughes still, he will come into this side. He will make a big difference as well. I thought Kieran Foran played pretty fucking well, though, to be perfectly honest with you. But New Zealand, I don't think they'll be overly happy with that performance. Uh, maybe their first warm-up game against Leeds was a little bit too easy for them. Uh, when we're talking about New Zealand, I actually got on last night Joey Manu to be the top try scorer for the Kiwis. He was at about $6.50. I saw Scope talking during the week on the YKTR Sports Show about Dylan Brown being a really good shout. I think he got him at 21s. So they're sitting at one try each. So tries to New Zealand, Kenny Bromwich, Nass, Peter Hicko, Dylan Brown, Joey Manu, and Jordan Rapana. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I think they've got Jamaica and then one other game. I can't remember who it's against, though, off the top of my head. Actually, it would be against uh, Ireland, I think. So there is going to be a few tries scored for New Zealand over the next few weeks. I think it depends who gets picked in those games and whatnot. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out, though. Uh, well done to Lebanon. Very courageous game there. I'm very impressed with what they put out, and I probably think they'll win their next two games uh, without knowing off the top of my head who... Uh, sorry, they will be against Jamaica and Ireland. I'm going to well and truly back Lebanon to win those games and to win them well. The clash with Ireland will be interesting. We'll talk about them soon. But well done to Lebanon. New Zealand, they won't be stoked with that performance but they get it done. They move on to next week and they'll just be building for the back end of this competition. All right, let's have a look at the first game. So this one kicked off at 12.30 a.m., an early start there. Uh, Italy, 28 over Scotland, 4. Pretty good game, this one. I I enjoyed it. Uh, There's a couple... Obviously, Italy, they were coming in at about $4 when this game started uh, and they were dominant throughout the entire game for me. Uh, Our guy to watch, Luke Polselli, he is obviously in the Melbourne Storm system playing for the Falcons up there. I think there are a few Falcons in this side. In fact, I think uh, of their five tries, four of them were scored by Falcons. So a pretty good little morning for them. Italy winning 28-4. to Polselli, he scored the first try for a brilliant little kick from their halfback. Very nice try. Polselli sort of showed his pace on that one. Uh, we had Jake Mazin. He scored three tries. It should have been four. He bombed an absolute sitter at one point as well. Uh, but he had a really good game. The hooker as well, he scored a nice little try out of dummy half. And the, uh, the Scotland side, they scored a very late try. 76th minute where Ewan Aitken 
uh, came up with a really nice play to set up Wamsley over in the right corner. Uh, for me, though, I thought Nathan Brown, he was sensational. I thought he had a really, really strong game. Um, I, I can't believe that he was unwanted by Parramatta, and then they picked him in the grand final a few weeks later. Just fucking crazy. I think that any team would do really, really well to grab him. He's playing sort of a link role. You could see him taking more control of this side, as obviously it's not you know the NRL and that sort of stand. But you could see how much talking he was doing and how much control he took. So got through a heap of work. I think Clarkie's put up all of their stats and everything. So go and have a look there. Uh, but I thought Nathan Brown was great. The one that stood out for me, though, was the 5'8". He was very impressive. Jack uh, Campagnolo, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, he's actually in the South Sydney system. And I sort of... I recognise the name once he started playing. I, I I just don't think I've I've watched him play enough. Fuck, he was impressive. He looks like a really talented young kid, the 5'8". He was goal-kicking as well. He hit four from five, couple from the sideline and whatnot. He was very, very good. So he's one to watch in the South Sydney system. He's a 5'8". I think, from memory, I think in Cup last year, he played a little bit of hooker as well. But I think he is an out-and-out 5'8". Out so he's one to watch from this Italian side. Uh, he looked really strong. But Nathan Brown, Porcelli, the winger, Jake Mazin, um, Campagnolo, he was very good too, as I said. So plenty of positives to take out of this one with Italy. Uh, Scotland obviously had Ewan Aiken, Kane Lynette on the edges. Pretty disappointing performance from them. They did have a sin bin at one point, uh, but they only conceded one try in that time. So not really a heap to take out of there. Dale Ferguson, he got sin pinned. Big bit of gear, this fella. Uh, hopefully Scott, Scotland can bounce back from this one, but I thought Italy, really good performance. Good to see. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm just having a look through my notes if there's anything else that stood out for me. Yeah, Paul Selly, our boy from the Melbourne Storm, he played really well. Yeah, that's about it for that one. Uh, we had Parata, the hooker. I mentioned that he scored a nice little try. It came off a really quick play, the ball from Luca Moretti, our boy that we mentioned in our black book. Uh, obviously, can play as a front rower or an edge forward. Was playing a bit of an edge role in that game, I believe. Uh, but Luca Moretti, very talented guy. I actually did a bit more research. I mentioned on the black book that he's the first guy in 30-odd years to be picked uh, in the Union and League Australian schoolboys side. Uh, even then, the guy that was actually picked was about 45 years ago, so even longer than I thought. And that guy, I forget his name, but he was actually managed to be picked in the uh, Australian Schoolboys League Union and basketball in the same year, which is fucking incredible. Uh, but for Luca, I remember when, when he got picked in both those sides in the same year, just unheard of. So hopefully uh, this World Cup can give his NRL career a bit of a kick on. I believe he's at the Parramatta Eels as at, mo- at the moment, uh, Luca Moretti. So hopefully he can kick off on the off the back of this. All right, let's have a look at the last game. Probably the most irrelevant one as far as, you know, people to watch and scoreline and everything. Uh, this one was Ireland and Jamaica. Ireland won this one 48-2. Jamaica did not manage to score any tries, but it was great to see. Just on halftime, they got a penalty and they kicked the goal. Uh, they were still down by a fair whack at halftime. I think they were down 18-0. They kicked a goal on halftime, and it was Jamaica's first ever points uh, in the Rugby League World Cup, so I thought that was a fantastic little moment. The crowd are up 
disrupted. Uh, players probably couldn't enjoy it as much as they would have liked because of the scoreline and whatever, uh, but a pretty good moment there. Uh, for Ireland, they scored 10 tries. Uh, they only converted four of them, though, so it could have got a lot uglier if they would have been converting uh, more tries, but 48-2, to two, the score was there. Uh, Luke Keary, he was obviously playing 5-8 for Ireland. He was very impressive. Milo, the fullback, he's been over there in the Super League. I haven't seen a heap of him play when I have watched him. I think he has been pretty pr- impressive. Now, an interesting little moment and probably the most Rugby League World Cup thing to happen so far in the Rugby League World Cup. Josh Cook from the Canterbury Bulldogs, he was named to start at hooker. They made a late decision, Ireland, to swap him and bring him off the bench and start their hooker. They got it in too late, though. They they, they, they didn't get the change in on time, so it wasn't on their team sheet. They believe they did, uh, but it was wrong on the team sheet. So they actually wasted an interchange before the game started. A little bit of uh, admin chaos there. Very, very Rugby League World Cup. You always get a few of these moments throughout the competition. But, yeah, he came off the bench. Jermaine Jola from the Gold Coast Titans. He started in the front row for the Irish side. And then a couple of guys on the bench. First one was Harry Rushton. I believe he's left the Canberra Raiders now. He is back in the English Super League. Very, very talented guy. And, of course, James Hashan. He's about 30 years old now. He started at the Sharkies. I think he was at the Manly Seagulls for a little bit. Uh, he's been around rugby league for a while. Played first grade. Jeez, when he was very young, 21, 22 or so. I actually had a mate that was friends with him growing up, and I remember watching his career coming through. Not sure where James Hassan has been the last few years. I believe he might be at South Sydney now, but I could be wrong. But he was also in this game. Threw a nice little offload as well to create a try. A heap of try scorers for them in this game, Ireland. Um, as I said, Luke Keary, he was the star of the show very early. He did some incredible things. Uh, there, there was a couple of times where they could have scored more tries, though. I thought Jamaica's scramble in certain moments was really good. There was one where Luke Keary put in a really nice kick. They were going to score for all money, and Jamaica just made it work, pushed them over the sideline. So great to see. Should also be noted that Luke Keary, I'm not sure when he went off, but in about the last probably 35 minutes, there was very little of Luke Keary. I, I don't even think he was on the field. And they still went on with that island, scoring a stack of tries. Uh, it was good to see. So it wasn't like Luke Keary was the one-man show. He was early and he was creating everything. But then he, he either went, went off or he just sort of... T- t- took a backward seat uh, and they were still fantastic after that island so credit to them unlucky for Jamaica hopefully they can uh, I I know they probably won't win a game in this competition but it'd be great to see them cross for their first try in the Rugby League World Cup that'd be an unreal little moment because the crowd loved it when they scored their first points so that's our review from day two of the Rugby League World Cup Uh, we've still got plenty more to come we're also going to do a review on Bloke in a Bar uh, where we go through and have a look at all these games in a little bit more depth. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.